Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today. We pay our respect to the elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia. Hi and welcome to Freedom of Species, where a show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves of 3CR Community Radio. Before us, you heard Sally with Out of the Pan, which you can catch live on 3CR every Sunday from 12 till 1. And you can also check out all of the episodes via 3cr.org.au. I'm Nick Pendergrass hosting today, or at least kind of hosting today. Um, I'm actually going to be bringing you a discussion that was um, hosted by Harley, who used to be a part of the Freedom of Species team before heading over to the UK to be active with Animal Rebellion. And I'm going to bring you a discussion that Harley had with Rose, who is the actions coordinator for Animal Rebellion. So yeah, the really interesting discussion. And yeah, I find Animal Rebellion a really important organization working towards a plant-based food system uh, for, yeah, based around the environmental impact of animal agriculture. So uh, the discussion covers a bunch of things uh, such as planning an effective act, uh, an effective action, how activism has gone during the lockdown over there in the UK, uh, changing activism in the movement over time. Also, this question of uh, systemic and individual change, which is something that we have spoken a lot on the show about, uh, sometimes in a more philosophical way, but it's interesting. Uh, I think uh, Animal Rebellion gives a really good example of what this more systematic change can look like in terms of a- um, activism for a-, a plant-based future at the systemic level, moving beyond just that idea of individual change. <laughs> So I'm Harley. Um, I'm Freedom of Species good friend based in the UK at the moment. And this week I'm interviewing a good friend of mine um, who I work with at Animal Rebellion and who is the actions coordinator at Animal Rebellion. So, yeah, thanks for joining me today, Rose. Um, Great to have you on the show. Cool. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so I thought we could just start off um, by kind of talking about what you do at Animal Rebellion. Um, so, yeah, give us the rundown. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, I guess yeah, my main role um, in the actions team um, is to, yeah, basically design and plan actions um, for, yeah, it's the National Animal Rebellion team. So, yeah, we, we plan actions um, throughout the year and also um, for the rebellion. So, yeah, there's maybe like one or two rebellions per year. Um, and yeah, that's basically like a week or two weeks of, yeah, just actions pretty much every single day. So it's pretty full on, but, um, yeah, should I go through like the 
process of um, signing actions and things or? Yeah, so like taking a big step back, like if I was completely new to this, what is an action? And like what's an example of like what an animal rebellion action might be? Because I feel like, yeah, we throw this word around quite a lot. Um, and I remember when I first joined Animal Rebellion and someone was like, we're going to do an action. I was like, what's that? Is that like a protest or? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I always, yeah, I forget that people aren't in the animal rebellion world sometimes. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to do an action today. And they don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so yeah, basically an action, I guess it is a kind of protest um, or it could be like a demonstration. But um, yeah, it's basically, well, in animal rebellion, we use nonviolent civil disobedience um, in our actions. So yeah, normally, um yeah, it could be something like creative, for example. Um, yeah, just like something visual to get our message across, which is um, obviously Animal Rebellion's message is pushing for like a plant-based food system and highlighting um, problems with animal agriculture and climate change or the link between animal ag and climate change. Um, but yeah, so our actions are there to kind of like get our message across and out there to the public. Um, so yeah, it is a form of a protest or demonstration. Um, do you want to just, yeah, do you want to like go into like what it takes, like what, how we kind of go about planning an action, like what the process is, um, like where we start and how we kind of go from having an idea to kind of having something on the streets? Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, yeah, well, we have like our weekly meetings um, and basically yeah we'll have a maybe a brainstorm session one week and try and come up with action ideas normally we should be we should have a messaging first but that doesn't always happen um so yeah we try to have like a message and then build an action around that but yeah sometimes someone just has a crazy idea um and then we build a message around that so yeah it can work either way um so yeah then we'll brainstorm a load of ideas um so yeah i'll give you an example so like the blood on your hands action which happened earlier this year so, what um, was that? so basically that was um well the idea what well it kind of began it was just like oh yeah let's find like a fountain somewhere in london um and dye it red and that's going to represent the government having blood on their hands um because of obviously like the animal emergency and the climate emergency um so yeah the message was the government has blood on their hands um and then we started researching fountains and rivers and like, yeah, working out the logistics of dyeing something was like actually quite complicated and um, it can be really expensive depending on what what you want to dye and like, and yeah, what kind of dye you're using. Um, so yeah, then yeah, once we found a location, we did decide on one location later, totally scrapped that and changed it um so yeah things you have to be really flexible and things can change throughout the process I guess um and then yeah so we decided on a location and then we started thinking this could actually be really big um and it's quite an easy action to replicate anywhere where there's a fountain so we thought why not make this a global action um and get more people involved because yeah at the beginning we were just like we'll just have one person, so it's two fountains next to each other in Trafalgar Square, basically. Mm. So we thought we'll just have one person each fountain, dye them red and leave. But then we were like, no, wait, let's make this yeah, way bigger. Um, so invite loads of people all around the world to try and get involved, local groups around the world and affinity groups. Um, 
so yeah animal rebellion people all over the world mm-hmm. um created like a briefing explain the messaging and what we're doing so it's fairly simple get in the fountain dive fountain um and then people can depending on um yeah people's resources and things um you can either stay in the fountain and get arrested or just leave um and then yeah so in london we decided that well it was myself and another activist um in the fountains um, and we decided to stay in the fountains holding placards whilst we also had about i think like 50 to 70 other activists rebels um between the two fountains holding placards as well um, so yeah, throughout the process, we had to decide on like messaging and slogans and things. Um, so I think Harley, you came up with some really great um, kind of slogans for this action. So there was like animals bleed for human greed. So we spoke to the arts team and they made um, yeah placards for us and banners. Um, and then we have um, yeah like live streamers that we had to speak to and photographers, videographers. There's like loads of people involved in an action basically, and loads of different teams. Um, and then yeah, making it global as well just got way more press um, like all over the world as well. So yeah, it was like a really successful action, and yeah, got loads of people involved and loads of people excited about animal rebellion as well. So I guess yeah, I guess it's slightly different for different actions depending on what they are but yeah that one was like yeah quite open um within well yeah people didn't know about the spicy bit so we also like have to decide how much information we're gonna have to give to people taking part so not everyone knew about what we say something spicy like that's something where people might get arrested basically um but yeah so yeah we kind of yeah, depending on the action, yeah, people know different levels of information. We also talk to the police before an action as well, or what well, we do or we don't, it depends. Um, so we might tell them, yeah, we're going to do a protest at Trafalgar Square. Um, but yeah, we don't tell them about the spicy bits. Um, so that's like a surprise for everyone. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so apart from that, we also have to like recruit for roles. So there was de-escalators. Um, so they help like um, de-escalate any situations that might get heated. Yeah, do you want to explain a bit about? Sorry, like, do you want to explain a bit about like the roles that we have in action? Because you mentioned like a couple of like like live streamers and videographers, and yeah, I think like that mm-hmm. was one of when I, when I first joined Animal Rebellion because like, back in Australia I'd done you know different events and protests and like varying levels of risk, and there were roles when I joined Animal Rebellion that I'd never even thought about or heard about. So. Do you want to talk a bit about like how, like what the action team is formed of and like the different kind of purposes of each? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so my experience kind of, I guess, probably similar to yours before I joined Animal Rebellion, it was normally just like there was an organiser of a protest or demo and that's like pretty much it. Um, but yeah, within Animal Rebellion's action team, so we have, as well as everyone's kind of like um, designing and planning the actions, but each person has a role as well that they... Um, a kind of yeah they coordinate so for example I'm also the police coordinator um police liaison coordinator so um I train people up as police liaisons so that's the person that normally we just have one police liaison per action and that person will liaise between the rebels and the police um so they're just like the main point of contact um during an action yeah between police and rebels and um yeah um communicate any information between the two basically um, and then we have de-escalators. Um, so the de-escalation coordinator, they train people in how to um, 
yeah, diffuse any situations that are heated or obviously you might get passers-by that get angry or if we're blocking a road, people might, yeah, like drivers are getting angry, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you might have to um, keep people calm basically and explain why we're there and hopefully they'll understand. But obviously, um, yeah, not everyone is going to agree with what we're doing um, and that's fine. But yeah, that person, and also you might have to um, deal with situations between activists as well, like some activists, Obviously, we're certainly a non-violent movement, but we can't control everybody. And you might have someone that's acting in a way that isn't, yeah, a non-violent way during an action. So, yeah, we'd have like de-escalators to deal with that as well. Mm. Um, then there's well-being. Um, so, yeah, they're looking at the well-being of, of rebels or the activists, as well as yeah, general public around as well. But yeah, that's mostly fo- focused on yeah, well-being of activists, and that could be making sure everyone's hydrated and has like snacks if they're hungry if it's like a long day um and also looking after like people's mental well-being because yeah it can be really stressful um especially if it is like a really long action or the weather's really bad or it could be nighttime something like that um what else do we have we have steward um yeah like a steward coordinator so yeah we often have stewards especially if there's like a march um or yeah a lot of people to kind of um keep in one place or um kind of yeah coordinate throughout the day so yeah stewards kind of are in charge of that um there are any other roles kind of thing and then we've got other things like micro design so that person just focuses on so when we're designing an action or planning an action we'll they'll like focus on really small details that probably most people are going to overlook so that's like really really useful to have um stunt coordinator if we've got any crazy stunts um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, are there any others? I'm trying to think. Oh, um, outreach coordinator as well. Mm, yeah. So yeah, the, yeah, outreach is really important. Um, yeah, being able to speak to the public and explain why we're there, um, getting getting our messaging across, both like through the action, like visually, but also through it could be like through outreach materials, like fly, flyers or placards, um, and just speaking to the public as well. Um, cool. So yeah, they'll like train up a team of outreachers as well. So yeah, there's quite a lot that goes into an action. Cool. Um, I feel like that's a good place to break quickly for a song. So we'll be back soon. It is nice to block the doorway. It is nice to go to jail. There are nicer ways to do it. But the nice ways always fail. It isn't nice. It isn't nice. You told us once, you told us twice But if that is freedom's price, we don't mind It is nice to carry that Or to sit in on the floor Or to shout our cry of freedom At the hotel and the store It isn't nice, it isn't nice You told us once, you told us twice But if that is Negotiation and the three man picket line. Mr. Charlie didn't see us, and he might as well be blind. Now our new ways are nice when we deal with men of ice. But if that is freedom's price, we don't mind. How about those years of lynching and the shot in Everest back? Did you say it 
Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's Voice of Dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. um, Yeah, we're back talking to Rose from Animal Rebellion UK, who is part of the actions team, so designing actions that happen in London and sometimes around the world, as we just heard. Um, so yeah, I'm curious, um, and it's funny because I am on the actions team with you, and I'm talking to you like I don't know shit, but it's <laughs> good. Um, but I am curious about this actually. Um, so like, since I've known you, and since you know I've joined Animal Rebellion, and you've been there in the actions team. Was this something that you always thought you would do? Um, how did you kind of end up planning actions for? Uh, mass movement (laughs) (laughs) I'm no idea to be honest yeah no it's definitely not something I'd ever thought about until like fairly recently like yes even since I was a child like there was um an animal testing lab in my hometown so I remember telling my parents I wanted to go protest there but they were like no you've got to go to school blah blah blah." (laughs) um so I guess like I was always had like this little activist inside of me (laughs) yeah um and then it wasn't until I actually like I went vegan um when I was about 23 and then was I started doing like yeah small like yeah animal rights activism things like it could be from like handing out leaflets to dressing up as a monkey in a cage for Peter and that, that kind of thing and then um, then more outreach things like Cube of Truth and Earthlings Experience I became Earthlings Experience organizer and then, um, so yeah, they're both like animal rights outreach, um, um, yeah, events that happen like on a weekly basis, basically. Um, and then I just started getting involved in more activism and then heard about Animal Rebellion after hearing about Extinction Rebellion and thought the song was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, I think, was it like last, yeah, after the last rebellion or like the first rebellion um, last October, 
um yeah I went to like a recruitment day and then um yeah it took like a couple of months before anyone like called me or anything and then yeah somehow I just got onboarded as police liaison coordinator and I didn't know what that was really but I was like cool it sounds fun <laughs> and then and I didn't really yeah I had no idea what that entailed really and I didn't really know that it was so yeah basically that I would be helping design and plan actions um and then yeah I think a few months later I was persuaded to go full-time <laughs> and then yeah the rest is history I guess um yeah so I think that's pretty much it and then I've just stayed ever since and yeah now I can't really imagine going back to having like a full-time job or anything so I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do but yeah I'm gonna keep going like this for as long as possible I guess. <laughs> um, I did hear um, that early on you weren't a fan of Animal Rebellion, is that true? <laughs> I, was, I like skipped that bit, I was like should I say that? <laughs> 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 yeah um so yeah when I well when I first heard about animal rebellion I was like yeah cool and then I don't know a lot of the animal rights movement or people within the animal rights movement don't really agree or don't really understand like yeah why um animal rebellion uses um the narrative of like well like the climate emergency as well as animal emergency because obviously I was very much like in an animal rights mindset I guess and Obviously, I still am, and Animal Rebellion is an anti-speciesist movement, but it also incorporates the climate emergency as well, which is equally as important, and it involves animal, like wild animal suffering as well. Um, and obviously, yeah, the book two are linked anyway, like or animal ag and climate change. So, yeah, I guess I, t I didn't fully understand the strategy and the messaging, and also I was very much into outreach and at the time, and I was like, this is the only way we need everyone to go vegan. And now, and then, yeah, I can't remember who I spoke to or what made me, yeah, just like get it. Um, I can't remember exactly, but something made me go to that recruitment day or whatever it was called. Like, um, yeah. but yeah, something, yeah, I can't remember. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why, but yeah, somehow I managed to, yeah, someone managed to change my mind about animal rebellion or like let me actually like see what it's about because yeah I think it's not as simple as just doing outreach and um promoting an individual change which is really easy to understand how that's going to make a difference then animal rebellion strategy to using non-violent um direct action or civil disobedience um it was like quite new to me at the time and I'd never seen anything like it mm -hmm. um and after doing more research and seeing that this strategy actually works like it's not just a random strategy like it's actually like based on previous social justice movements so yeah um yeah I like I love everything that Animal Rebellion does now and yeah I'm definitely focused more on this kind of activism obviously yeah. <laughs> at the moment but yeah I'm glad I I made it to where I am now <laughs> I think yeah it's a big th it's a really interesting thing because I remember yeah when Animal Rebellion kind of popped up for me, and I'm, even when I joined Animal Rebellion, there was like this discomfort in me of like, oh, you know, I worry that like, you know, we're diluting the anti-species message, we're talking about climate. But then it was like, yeah, like I met everyone in Animal Rebellion and I started working with them and I was like, it's just, it doesn't feel like that at all when you're working with the people because like everyone is so hardcore, radical, like anti-speciesist and it's like there's such a strong focus on 
yeah, the system change that like we really need. Um, but I think I'm curious like about as well, like how, because you said that you, you still do earthlings experience and things like that and how you see kind of like system change and individual change working together, but obviously they're both needed. Um, and yeah, I'm curious mm -hmm. about how you kind of see them working side by side. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's not one or the other. We need both. And, um, but yeah, like they definitely can work hand in hand, like with our actions. I know that I've been told that people have like individuals have gone vegan or changed their lifestyle or gone vegan and joined animal rebellion because of our actions. So it is creating individual change as well, but that's not our like animal rebellions priority. The priority is to yeah, push for system change. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, and the same like the other way around with like doing outreach and things by causing or like creating individual change eventually like if everyone goes vegan or whatever then we're gonna cause system change anyway so but yeah it's just um I just feel like yeah pushing for individual change seems slower to me I don't know for definite um but yeah it just seems quite slow so that's why I was like animal rebellion strategy to push for system change seems like it could move things a lot quicker than if we just yeah um advocate for individual change mm. so I was asked this question last week and I think it's a really interesting one because yeah like we're in a pandemic um did you know that we're in a pandemic it's, it's you probably missed it what's that we're in a pandemic <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and I was asked like you know how was it to kind of be part of a group that you know focuses on like non-violence, civil disobedience, you know, on the ground activism and then kind of be hit by this pandemic where, you know, suddenly we're in lockdown and we can't go on the street. Um, and like in Australia where people will be listening from, like the restrictions are still really tight and here, you know, they're tightening back up. Um, so kind of what was that like kind of being part of this group? Um, and, yeah, I know you're similar to me in that, like, I think we – were you know just kind of getting really involved in the actions team when lockdown hit um so yeah what was that like to kind of have to really shift the way thought about doing activism mm -hmm. yeah I think I remember at the beginning when lockdown was announced and oh no it wasn't even announced yet but we were told that the rebellion was going to be put on hold or delayed I was really disappointed um and I was kind of like Oh, yeah like I didn't I wasn't even sure if that was like necessary to delay the rebellion at that point but obviously it was but yeah like yeah I just remember being like really disappointed by the whole thing and basically thought everything was just gonna come to a standstill and we wouldn't be able to do anything but then actually like throughout lockdown we I don't know we were just constantly like I was really really busy and yeah it was definitely good for my mental health having animal rebellion as well because if I didn't have that I would have been just doing nothing at home I don't know what I would have been doing <laughs> but um yeah it was we used that time um to yeah like train people up plan action we still planned actions in that time um and so that was like either online actions so we were having to adapt and find new ways um to carry out actions so yeah either online or without groups of people so one of our actions um we asked people to go out to McDonald's, um, yeah, McDonald's um, restaurants and put like um, yellow and black hazard tape over the doors of the restaurants and then put like hazard signs saying um, future pandemics caused here or something like that. Um, 
so yeah it didn't need it you could just do it on your own basically so you could still or like two people so you could still like yeah follow social distancing guidelines or whatever um so yeah it was kind of fun like having to be creative and find new ways to do actions without um yeah without breaking lockdown rules but um yeah I think it's almost like yeah it's made us yeah see like how important online actions as well are so with the recent rebellion we I think we maybe we could have done more but yeah we did have a couple of like online actions to coincide with the rebellion so that anyone that wasn't there could also do it online and anyone in the world could do it online so I think that's something really important as well Mm. um yeah I think it was like made us a bit more creative in some ways but yeah obviously it was frustrating in other ways but yeah I think we made the most of it and yeah adapted really well to the situation yeah it was it was a strange thing but I do think it kind of brought us together as a team because we had to think creatively and people were really kind of stuck together Mm. I'm curious because like I know you've been you've been vegan for like was it eight years yeah eight years yeah, and how long have you been involved in kind of, like, activism? Um, like, I almost, I think it was, like, pretty much straight away um, mm. because basically, yeah, so it's about eight years, but obviously at the beginning it was just, I was at university and I wasn't doing that much activism, but I was just doing, yeah, like, a small amount. But, yeah, I think pretty much straight away I was, like, I need to get this message out there because I basically it was Earthlings documentary that made me go vegan and I was, like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing and I just had no idea about, yeah, animal agriculture basically and all the horrific ways that animals are used. And yeah, I was just like, I need to get that message out there and I wanted to do something. So yeah, when I don't, yeah, there weren't any cubes at that time anyway. So yeah, the only thing was just like doing stuff with PETA and yeah, the like animal charities and things. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I think like pretty much straight away, I wanted to do something. Yeah, so that was going to be my next question. Like, um, because yeah, like, I'm curious, like, in London, which I'm guessing is where you've done most of your stuff, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, how have you seen the activism scene, like, the animal activism scene change? Like, is like what's happening now, like, the same as what was happening like seven, eight years ago? Um, has the style of activism changed? Has the people kind of changed? Um, yeah, just yeah, like, how has it evolved? Because I think it can be rare. Like I know a lot of people who, I don't know, sometimes I'm in activist spaces and it's a lot of like really new people. It's it's sometimes, it's quite rare to find someone who's been involved and even been vegan for like quite a while. So yeah, what have you seen change? Yeah, I think definitely like so much has changed. Just like the amount of activism that's happening. There's something, especially in London, like there's something pretty much every single day mostly I'd say like mostly outreach um yeah some kind of like outreach or demonstration but yeah like pretty much every day there's something happening whereas yeah from what I remember eight years ago it was just like kind of sporadic it'd be like every like a couple of times a month maybe I just didn't know that much but I wasn't that involved and maybe there was more but yeah as far as I knew it was just yeah leaflet handing out leaflets outside like Fortnum and Mason against foie gras or going to like a pillow fight in Trafalgar Square and handing out leaflets about down and stuff like that and then um yeah and um but yeah and then obviously I think like well obviously the Earthlings experience came 
before Cube of Truth and but those two yeah like changed activism a lot and that like Cube of Truth have, has like sprung up like all over the world like pretty much every major city there's a cube um and other things as well in a lot of countries actually yeah I started doing other things in Hong Kong when I lived there so that and then when I came back to London after that that's when I was like where like things have changed and there was like cubes and other things and stuff um and yeah you just meet loads of activists um I'm sure there's like tons of activists that have been doing it way way longer than I have and I'm sure they must have seen like massive changes because I think a lot of activism before was even more like practical and hands-on like hunt sapping and that kind of thing like mm. yeah um obviously that's still happening now as well and yeah I took part in that quite a bit last year but I don't think I'm that useful <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um but yeah and then now just like with animal rebellion things have totally changed and it feels like it's exploded to me because like it's getting press now because like yeah you see cubes are happening all the time but apart from the people that see it happening it's like people don't really know that it's going on whereas with like civil disobedience that kind of thing is yeah making headlines and mm. people are getting yeah it's becoming part of public consciousness I guess and yeah people are becoming more aware of it and then that's gaining more activists as well. So, yeah, we're seeing, like, a lot more activists and, yeah, new styles of activism, I guess, as well. Cool. Uh, we'll take another break there for another song. The TV is a comic strip to an impending apocalypse Under the shadow of Donald's quiff Things are kicking off like an FA Cup final I don't want to march from A to B I stick for a banner SWP Get spoken to by celebrity Then ignored by the news that evening What? I'm losing my grip on the internet clicking The earth is wrong, the right is stealing The money is fueling, the chainsaws are laughing At trees that are falling on lives that are leaving on Trucks that are muttering, petrol is leaking in seeds that are rising on cities are climbing for air that is sickening Crowds are demanding a change that is coming to Future is turning to history's freestyling Now is restyling, here is transforming This is now calling, everybody knows what time it is Not you then who, so let's fucking do this One, two, three, don't watch the news Be the news, don't Watch the news, 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 be the news, don't wait for the movement. Move! Shutting them down, shutting them down, shutting them down Fuck 
Buxton's shutting them down. Tax havens shutting them down. Duck Islands shutting them down. Shutting them down. Shutting them down. Arms fairs shutting them down. Detention centres shutting them down. Financial districts shutting them down. Shutting them down. Shutting them down. The garage door shutting them down. The bread bin shutting them down. Gary Barlow shutting them down. Shutting them down. Shutting them down. Don't watch the news. Be the news. 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 Don't wait for the movement. as they struggle with the devastating impacts of war and conflict. Please consider donating to the Hayastan All-Armenian Fund. For more details, go to www.himnadram.org forward slash en forward slash donate. Alternatively, you can make a donation by way of direct deposit into the Hayastan All Armenian Fund account at the National Australia Bank, BSB number 083230, account number 946770823. The Hayastan All Armenian Fund is a not for profit organization delivering education, healthcare, infrastructure, rural development, and housing projects in Armenia. The Armenian General Benevolent Union is a 3CR affiliate and supporter. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show, 
or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Um, yeah, so we're back on Freedom of Species talking to Rose from the UK Animal Rebellion Actions Team. So Rose, um, yeah, we've just talked a bit uh, for the last half hour or so, we've talked about the Animal Rebellion Actions Team, how we form, how we create actions, um, how you got involved. I'm curious, yeah, now to like, talk about your experience doing actions with Animal Rebellion and with other groups and some like memorable experiences that have happened for you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's like, I've done so many actions this year. I'm trying to think <laughs> like the most memorable. Um, it's like a really big one um, for me was like during the recent rebellion, um, we shut down a slaughterhouse in Manchester and um, yeah that's like a really big um pig slaughterhouse and yeah it was just like well it was successful and that we yeah we shut it down for a full day so they lost a lot of money that was a main goal I guess to cause economic damage um but yeah and just like the whole thing it was like good and bad I mean obviously it's horrible being at a slaughterhouse and it was just like really emotional for everyone and yeah but it was just like really memorable and I mean yeah it was successful it got press but yeah it was just yeah, I remember like a lot of emotion from that day and yeah, just like everyone was exhausted. The people that locked on were amazing and they stayed for like, yeah, almost a full day and the weather was horrible. But mm. yeah, it was just like, yeah, feeling like we we actually, yeah, caused some damage that day, which was a good feeling as well. Mm. Um, and another one, which was like more of a fun experience for me, the, the fountain one, so yeah dying fountains in Trafalgar Square and it was also I also hadn't been arrested before so that was my first arrest um and yeah it was like it was just like a really nice day everyone was in a really good mood and then a lot of people didn't know we were going to dye the fountains and just it seemed to make even like passers-by were just like really surprised and yeah like loads of people taking photos and then getting arrested as well wasn't a bad experience like probably saying that from yeah a place of privilege as well um but yeah like for me that was like not as bad as I thought it would be and nothing to be like scared of because yeah in the past I was like quite yeah like I don't know I just I guess it's not knowing what to expect um but yeah so it was like quite a good day and when I got out of um out of the police station um uh, um, arrestee support that met me and the other activists so we had people waiting outside for us um, and then they showed us like all the media coverage that we got so that was like yeah that made me really happy that was a good one um, but yeah another activism outside of Animal Rebellion I'm trying to think uh, I can think of a perhaps a memorable experience that might have happened to you uh, involving a pretty major celebrity oh yeah that's a good one <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> so yeah earlier this year it was pretty cool like Joaquin Phoenix at, like yeah he he came to the Earthlings experience um to take part and just like held a placard for an hour but like yeah it was just like so nice of him because yeah he just well yeah I emailed his um I think like I'm not sure who it was PR person or something um and then he just called me that day and he was like hey can I come to Earthlings and I was just like well yeah of course like yeah <laughs> and then um no working like, like, yeah of course <laughs> and then um 
and then yeah I think he was in London for the Baptist or something and then yeah and then he just came he was so nice and yeah we obviously got press for him just like being there and yeah it was just like a really really cool experience Uh, and then yeah it was just like really bizarre and surreal (laughs) but yeah that was cool thanks for reminding me Harley (laughs) I think that should definitely be part of like the animal justice movement recruitment strategy like join (laughs) and you might meet Joaquin Phoenix exactly (laughs) um it's time he's in London yeah (laughs) I think another thing I want to touch on is yeah we talk a lot about our successes and our wins but you know sometimes things go wrong and I know like we were both part of an action that went wrong during this most recent rebellion in September and yeah, I wonder if you, we should talk about that and kind of the fact that sometimes everything does just go wrong and it's like about picking yourself up and doing the next action even when things have gone horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah, that was on the Saturday of the rebellion and, yeah, so we had like a lot of activists as well like that had come for the, for the day and so we had like quite a lot of people waiting for this action to start um, and then... So yeah, we were getting things ready in a, a park nearby, <laughs> near Parliament. And um, um, I don't know how much I can say. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we were getting um, some of our equipment, like handing out equipment and things to people that were going to be taking part. And then, um, and then yeah, a few bands of, yeah, full of police officers parked outside the park and they all got out, but they didn't come straight into the park anyway. So we all just ran in different directions. Um, so that was like yeah we we had to delay the action a little bit and then we were like all kind of hiding in different streets people were getting stopped and searched find police were finding equipment on people arresting people and things um and we were like okay this is it's like getting really hard to like get to the location that we need to do this and also to get the van um that's also containing equipment to the location so um oh yeah and we'd only just decided the location like an hour before it was supposed to start as well which wasn't good um and then, yeah, anyway, long story short, um, yeah, a few of us, well, we had to cancel it because, yeah, there was just too many police around. There was just no way that we could get a structure and all these people and this equipment to this location. It's basically right next to Parliament. So we thought, we'll just do it another day. So we're fine. So, um, yeah, six of us went back to the van, which was full of the equipment. Um, so, like, unlocked the van and then four plainclothes police officers came out of nowhere and were like, okay you're being detained um for suspicion for like I think it was like conspiracy to cause a public nuisance and so obviously they checked inside the van they checked us and they found some equipment and they found lots of equipment in the van and yeah seized the van and arrested the six of us <laughs> and then so obviously yeah and then people didn't know what was happening they didn't know <laughs> like I managed to send a message saying that I was being arrested but yeah, that was it. and then oh and then yeah so that kind of had a knock-on effect with the following day and stuff like with the Manchester action but luckily yeah Harley and some others managed to like pull that one together as well but yeah that was a bit of a mess um <laughs> I think <laughs> it's now like, know. <laughs> yeah it's just like a big reminder to me is like sometimes things don't go as planned and it's like you have to be adaptable and flexible but so it was a learning experience Definitely. And yeah, we know now not to park a van full of equipment like really close to Parliament <laughs> behind another police van. <laughs> and we also know 
that you probably shouldn't plan an action on the day of the action. <laughs> yeah. It's a good yeah, learning. Plan everything in advance. Listeners, that's a good thing to remember. <laughs> um, amazing. Um, yeah, I think we can we can finish up there. Thank you so much for joining me and yeah, Freedom of Species, which is an Australian radio show. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, before we finish off, is there like anything you'd recommend like that if people kind of want to start like designing or planning or doing actions like like nonviolent civil disobedience, like where would you kind of recommend people starting? Um, well, we do have like, um, yeah, we run our own trainings anyway, like Animal Rebellion um action design workshop is really awesome um and we often yeah we'll be doing more online like i think that's something that's come out of this whole pandemic like all of our trainings now we're like doing them online as well as in person so yeah definitely keep an eye on animal rebellion's facebook page for that um also yeah the book um blueprint for revolution i found that really inspiring and gave me lots of ideas for actions as well um so yeah that one's a good one but yeah i think just like coming to one of our trainings and yeah getting some like practical experience would be cool um or form a local group and yeah just do your own action <laughs> amazing thank you so much for yeah thanks so much for being on the show um that's been really fun thank you so thanks to harley and rose for that discussion and hopefully uh, people got something out of that discussion I think are relevant uh, for anyone planning an animal action or really an action on any cause, uh, some of the things you have to think about and I was also interesting hearing about those actions that didn't go so well uh, too, I found that quite interesting and I think quite important and it made me think of uh, yeah, a sort of a prankster comedy group called the yes men who have a bunch of documentaries and i believe it was the most recent one which was called the yes men are revolting where they actually looked into or showed us one of their actions which totally didn't go well at all even though they've done some really great actions where they've you know impersonated big companies and the world trade organizations have done some quite amazing things but it shows that yeah it's worth trying these things it doesn't always come off and that doesn't necessarily mean you should stop but it's just about yeah trying to plan for that next time and and keeping on going with, with your activism in whatever form that may take uh and yeah i do see a lot of or at least some parallels between the, the kind of actions that the yes men do which again sort of political pranks um and and parody and that kind of thing and and the activism of animal rebellion a lot of the the actions are, are really creative as well which is great to see so check out all their documentaries if you're interested in that. Um, and yeah, you can also check out the book Blueprint Blueprint for the Revolution, which Rose mentioned as well, um, as well as Animal Rebellion. Search them on Facebook for more about them. I wanted to briefly mention the music that was played throughout that discussion. So the first song was "Isn't uh, Sorry It 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 Isn't Nice" by Melvian Reynolds, and the second song was "Don't Watch the News, Be the News" by Peter the Temp. 
And yeah, I particularly like that song. And if anyone enjoyed that song, I encourage you to look it up on YouTube. If you just search Don't Watch the News, Be the News on YouTube, you'll find that clip. And yeah, really interesting clip that actually, yeah, while that song was playing, actually showed this really big scale, inspiring action, shutting down a coal um coal-fired power station i believe so yeah check that out well worth watching the film clip for that one as well so our show is one till two every sunday and you can listen in via 855 am if you're in melbourne you can also listen in via the 3cr website which is 3cr.org.au from anywhere around the world including anyone who's joining us from the uk for this episode and you can also listen to our episodes once they're up online as well via 3cr.org.au forward slash freedom of species and even when we haven't put our show up there if you click on play on the latest episode you'll be able to hear the show soon after it airs you can also hear all our shows on a range of podcast apps including itunes and spotify we appreciate any listener feedback. You can email us at info at freedomofspecies.org as well as on uh, contact us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, F- at FOS Radio and Facebook you can just search Freedom of Species and you'll find us on there. Stay tuned for Encyclopedia discussion on all things drug-related. And, yeah, you can tune into that show every week um, from 2 p.m., You can find all their shows at 3cr.org.au. And also one thing I I do is just tune into 3CR at any of the time of the day. Uh, I use a tune-in app on my smartphone. And yeah, just tune in throughout the day and yeah, catch your favorite shows, but also find out some other shows on 3CR as well. So that's something to do as well. We're going to finish up the show with the song Soundtrack to the Struggle 2 by Low Key featuring Noam Chomsky. And I thought this one was a relevant one for a bunch of reasons. First of all, Low Key is based out of the UK, which which uh, the discussion was also um, coming from. Um, but also it's environment and climate change related and highlights the importance of institutional and not just individual change for the environment. So yeah, very relevant one to, uh, to finish things off. Uh, enjoy the song and we'll be back next week. You're listening to Soundtrack to the Struggle 2 by Low Key. Thank you for joining us, Noam. In Optimism Over Despair, you say, it seems to me unlikely that civilization can survive really existing capitalism. Would you be able to explain that statement for us? Really existing capitalism uh, is what we can see described in the uh, uh, press uh, day after day. We we read that uh, the major banks like uh, J.P. Morgan Chase uh, are increasing their investment in fossil fuels, including the most dangerous, like Canadian tar sands. And uh, all of this is quite understandable on the assumption that that the structure of our institutions is geared to maximizing short-term profit and power uh, without regard to uh, what might happen to uh, the world in another 20 or 30 years. But that's both capitalism. But we can't survive that. that, that. Is-
Is it the economic system via the ecosystem? How we gonna define deep when the seas have risen? How can we define woke when our sleep's commissioned? Drowned out by cold brother bots, how can the people listen? Can't detoxify as we watch the sky fade to grey? The source devoured corporate power, killed the nation, stay sophisticated murder. Defined as innovation, corporations whine and dying just to mine your information. Amen versus humanity, terrorists who? His search engine knows your thought pattern better than you. In an environment resentful, uprising is essential. The horizon is torrential Thinking silence will protect you Subject to propaganda That terrifies the slumbered We can jeopardise their cover If we energise the numbers Collectivise or die Protect your mind or suffer Life is paradise to some And a paradise to others Of a tired, retired fireman Knowing he couldn't help A child survive the frying pan When we riot, we disquiet The Leviathan forget Iron Man, I've got an iron lion's diaphragm My salutations to those with imagination Doom anticipated and that's no exaggeration Your flag doesn't exist Let me back up that statement What happens to the nation If the queen has a tax haven Pushing these buttons You don't need a brave heart From text turn the Mediterranean To a graveyard paper wall Will drive you crazy if you let it Had a mother buried in a newborn baby in the desert What's commonsensical is sensible to question What seems to be a lesson is intellectual repression Rebel against the system that deprived you of a voice Rebel against this hell while our survival's still a choice Suicide cannibalizes self While the bank's treating fictitious capital like it's wealth Your lurid lobby system Means corruption is legalized Privatized healthcare elsewhere People die, rebellion lives in all those that dream of a better way Refuse to be brainwashed with false visions of yesterday Choose to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted So many choose the opposite, their spirit contradicted Bring a child to the world where the future seems impossible Five trillion dollars a year Subsidizing fossil fuels, the truth was in their eyes But you shrugged and just turned your back I watched the family beg for help While their flat turned to ash, apocalypse now We saw our future in that damn building CEOs loving profit more than they love their grandchildren we saw our future in that damn building. CEOs loving profit more than they love their grandchildren. Not to be concerned about the future of their grandchildren. But you have to uh, put yourself in the position of, say, uh, uh, Jamie Dimon, the uh, CEO of uh, the biggest bank, J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, as CEO, he has essentially two choices. But one choice is to do exactly what he's doing. Uh, invest uh, direct investments to the most profitable uh, outcome that happens to be the most dangerous fossil fuels do that but the other alternative he has is to resign and be replaced by somebody else who do the same thing but this is an institutional problem not an individual one You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.